Hey, y'all gotta love right here, baby. Oh, we got, got some great weather. Oh, we got some great opponents. We got a gold dirt show. We got dirt, baby. Hey, make sure you hit it. You take set this opportunity and go out and run and make plays. Playmakers on three, one, two, three. Welcome back to Sports Bars, ladies and gentlemen. Today is Thursday night, January 30th, 2020. Back here with uh, Greg Robinson, the man who had been on sports radio for a long time here, accompanied us last week for Sports Bars for his first guest appearance. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get right into it. I will uh, tee up the first little bit of this game. It's, it's one that I'm, I've been looking forward to very much. At you as well. Mm-hmm. Every year, I think every man is always looking forward to the Super Bowl. And you're just looking for a good game, regardless of allegiance, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've never had an allegiance in the Super Bowl we've watched together in all of my 30 years, except for one. Except for one, you got our butts kicked. <laughs> yeah, they walked us out to the shed in that one. Uh, but with with this one, and, and not having allegiance in it, and but still necessarily, it's the last game of football we will see again that means right. something all the way until, until September. Yeah. Do you think that we got the best teams in the Super Bowl this year? I think so. You know, I, I'm. I think it's more definitive in the NFC than the AFC. I think in the AFC, you've still got people making a strong argument for Baltimore, and they fell. Mm-hmm. And think about it: in the playoffs, Kansas City got challenged, but showed what they were made of. And came back. What was it? A twenty-four point deficit. Yeah. And they came back. They showed their middle. They showed what they were made of. So, having said that, I also think that no one in the NFC is surprised by the success the Forty ers had this year. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think especially. People were taking that weight, at least a lot of folks, and a lot of even the writers were taking this wait-and-see approach. But as the tail end of the season approached, and they were still there, and they had a couple of challenging games. I mean, people thought Seattle was going to overtake them, and Seattle would have been that NFC entrant. And we got San Francisco there, and it's that... It's like a lot, Jordan, of that old adage of it's not as important how you start, but is important how you finish. True, and I think based on the whole scope of the season, yes. By the time the season ended, even well before that to me, there, when the Niners started out 4-0, right. there was questions of... Is this team can for they, real? Yeah, can they sustain? And and I and that that's where I think it was very surprising mm. to see them be just continue. To hear. <laughs> Anyone outside of wearing that red and gold predicting the Niners going to the Super Bowl, I, I didn't really see much of that myself. No, and like I said, I think a lot of it was is that the expectation there, like Baltimore was in the AFC. The expectation was was that despite the injuries, Seattle would find a way. Right. 
Right. Always thought so. But do you overall I, I do think we got the two best teams. So do I. It's and some to some people listening they may think, well they're in the Super Bowl, how are they not the best teams? It's football. Right. Sometimes the best team doesn't always win. Right. I mean the Chiefs How quickly we forget about New Orleans last year. You know, it it just they, there's so many occasions. It's one game any any given Sunday. We all know right. all those old adages, but I do think we got the two best teams right now squaring up against each other on Sunday. Agreed. And part of the beauty to me is their difference. Mm-hmm. It's like how different they are in terms of just how this team is structured, how how Kyle Shanahan calls his plays based on the expectation of what he knows the defense is going to do. And then we'll use that to his advantage by putting players in conflict right. and then working off of that. Reed, on the other hand, Andy's just like, look, I got this passing concept right here. Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't going to stop it. So I'm going to run that. And I got the horses to do it. And I got the horses. He does. They both have the horses to do it. And that's, right. that's another part of this game that I think is very interesting. You're looking at two different quarterbacks. Jimmy G, Mahomes. Two different styles. The way exactly. they play is completely different. Exactly. One guy has a howitzer on his shoulder for an arm. The other guy just has, you know, quick release point guard, John Stockton out he there, has, Mark Jackson. He has a slingshot. <laughs> yeah. like it, it's, he's, But he's pinpoint with it. Jimmy's, Jimmy's is, it's, it's all that quick release. It's wop, 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 playing point guard. He, as we, have, we all saw in the uh, divisional round, right. they had a very, very uh, short air yards per average target. That's just right. Kyle's offense, right? Right. But one one area I think, or one interesting viewpoint from this game, looking at the two of them, is that you have Mahomes and you have Jimmy G, both in great systems, both in great systems, and different systems that support the type of quarterback they are. Which one do you think is in the better fit and the better situation for himself? Now, I know it's going to sound like I'm fence-sitting here, but I maintain both quarterbacks are in ideal systems. And that is case in part to the coaches they play for. Yes. I think when you look at Shanahan and what he, you know, initially he's had to like prove his mettle through the years and has evolved into one of these top offensive minds. I'm convinced that a lot of what we're seeing now was probably already in the back of his head and of the jobs, but the bottom line was he knew he didn't have the personnel to pull it off. True. Andy Reid, the other, on the other hand, like you said, he accepts the schemes and he plays to the strength yes. of his players in those schemes. And I think a lot of times, when you're looking at that, the Niners, to a degree, could also be said to doing that. Like you said, you were talking about how, you know, it's the it, it's the quick strike, it's the patience, just methodically march down the field. But at the same time, that's putting a lot of faith in your ball handlers because you that faith, if I throw you a seven-yard pass on third and ten, you may be able to shake free and get those other three yards and keep the drive alive. Sure. And as you've heard, well, all both of us have heard through the years, it's a very simple game insofar as guys know somebody's got to make plays. True. 
Yeah, and both coaches put you in the best position to achieve that. So you don't have an answer as to which one's like in the I better. Like I said, it would sound like I'm fancy. I maintain that both quarterbacks are in the systems that they're in best suits their oh, needs. I don't think there's an argument there. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's an argument there from anyone. If there is, that's a ridiculous argument that right. someone's not in the right system for him. Right. But what I think makes it such a, a, a very, how would I put it? What really makes it down to just your perspective of how you perceive each quarterback in a great system for himself. Which one is better? That's why it's such a tough question. Mm-hmm. That's why, that's really, it's, it's, this game is tough to predict who's going to win. This game is very exactly. tough to predict how it's going to unfold. And a lot of people may want to say that, oh, well, Jimmy G, if, if he has to pass, then it's going to be all off the rails. That's only because of the recency bias we've seen recently mm-hmm. with him not having to throw very much at all throughout right. these other two playoff games. And we all know he only attempted eight in the NFC title game. Right. But against the Saints, who you mentioned earlier, when they yeah. went into New Orleans, Jimmy G was slinging that ball all over the yard for nearly four <laughs> bills. Four bills! Like, really? I mean, four like you. He's shown it before. The Arizona Cardinal game, both yeah. times. The Seattle game in Seattle. Right? right. Like, he was tossing the ball over the yard. The only reason that they didn't go to him in these other games is because they didn't need to. Right. So to me, if I'm looking at it, how I look at it, yes, you are 100% right. They are both in ideal systems for themselves. But the best one to me, I think it's Jimmy G in Kyle's system, simply because all of the different moving parts and how multiple they are and how on any given play you can see some see numerous different guys doing one thing. Oh, that here comes this. And then a defender sets up to take that on. But then right at the point where they're supposed to react to that something and commit, else, something else happens. Wrinkle. And Jimmy G's quick release to be able to capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. When you when you know he you you're expecting to zig. Jimmy knows this, waiting on the zag, and as right. soon as his offensive player zags, that quick release fires the ball right to him. And to me, it's it's splitting hairs here. It totally is because Mahomes is in a great system. He's got speed all around him. And Kyle drafted all of these different Swiss Army knives to surround Jimmy with. Because that's what they are. I mean, Kittle, right, true. He, Kittle will block better than just about anybody on the field tomorrow except for Mitchell Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Kyle Juszczyk can play anything in the, in the, in, in the NFL really? as far as where he lines yeah, up. He can be the traditional fullback blocker or he can line up in the slot and mm-hmm. catch the ball. Mm-hmm. I agree. He in the NFC title game, so I went back and I watched that on the All-22 the first eight plays in the NFC title game, that dude was in a different spot <laughs> every eight, eight on that drive. The first eight plays they had, it was because they had the three and out. But yeah, his mm-hmm. first eight plays, Kyle Juszczyk was somewhere different. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, I could football nerd out on it all day long, but, you know, for another podcast, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, you have watched football all day long, being, you know, as the uh, old sucker as we all <laughs> so endearingly refer to you as... <laughs> Uh, but having watched it as long as you have, is there a quarterback like he? Quarter, I think Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback in his on his way to putting himself in his own class as far as oh, what sure. he accomplishes and his sure. greatness, his talents, just his talents. We've never seen a person with arm strength like his ever. Mm-hmm. And then to also combine the football acumen that we've seen him display throughout this this playoff so far. 
and then also be able to get out and run. He's not a statue, but he's not Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him have 50 yards rushing in what I would say is probably the best play thus far in the playoffs in that 27-yard run against the Titans. Yes. But is there any quarterback that he reminds you of or which quarterback does he remind you the most of? And the way that I approached this question was present day mm-hmm. comparison sure. and yesterday comparison. All right. And my present day comparison to him, of course, to me anyway, was Russell Wilson in today's game. Uh, you can, to me, you can go ahead and nitpick who throws, you know, the better ball and this kind of thing. It still comes down to the adage, he can make plays, mm-hmm. given and being put in the position, and also having the faith of Andy Reid, letting it basically turning the reins loose and say, get out there. They're down 24 to nothing. You don't see him on the sideline getting all bent out of shape and yelling and screaming. He's too out of shape to do that anyway. I mean, but you're <laughs> well, right. facial expressions <laughs> right. work yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And the four-letter words work even better. But that's not his demeanor. Never been. And that's why I think he's had the success through the years that he's had. I mean, you go back and, and with that success... From a coach's standpoint, breeds confidence in what you're trying to do. And I think that when I'm looking at, at Russell Will, and we've seen the commercials where they talk about the, the probability factor of making a play and him just like throwing through the eye of a, you know, throwing a dart through the eyeball of a target and hitting it and scoring. And that's where I I think that Mahomes is there. But the other added incentive to me with Mahomes in the present day, this kid can make any kind of throw. And throws that you aren't that aren't no. even on the on the register exactly. of throws to make. Exactly. He, we've seen him throw no right. look passes. No look passing. We'll sit there and throw, see the rush coming. Knowing he can't, he has nowhere to go. Throw sidearm around the defender and complete the pass. What was that movie with uh, Angelina Jolie? Oh, right, with <laughs> they curve the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what movie was that? Oh, I can't. That wanted. Was, yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's out yeah. there like wanted. Yes. <laughs> I want you to curve the bullet. Yeah. He's doing that. He is. And and that's the other thing. You look at these guys, and it's. Also, ability to read defenses, the ability to run. You know, it's almost like in baseball, they make the comparison, you see a four or five tool guy. And I think that applies to him. He can make all the throws. He can sit back there and gun a football 80 yards down the field, if need be. And then, you got to account for him scrambling in the running game. Right. And if you look back at a couple of their losses, one of the the team, you know, one of the reasons that teams were successful, the first thing on San Francisco's mind has to be keep him in the pocket. 
make him beat us with his arm. That's true. That's so true. The thing, like how to rush. How? Yeah. How to rush? Not just rush him. Mm-mm. How to rush? Right. If one guy, if if Bosa speed rushes on the outside, whatever side he or or D Ford would line up on, or, you know they rotate those linemen out so much. But let's say Bosa speed rushes on the outside, on Fisher, yeah. that creates a gap over here. Right. And if D Ford also speed rushes on the outside, Mahomes has two different alleys to mm-hmm. then escape. Right. But if one of them crashes inside and one goes outside, then his he's more so contained in that phone booth style. Right. And it gets then harder to get out of the pocket. So you're right. you're exactly right with that. Right. Now, who is the previous day the non I don't want to say non modern era, but the the quarterback outside of this generation that you think he resembles the most? Steve Young. That's Mine. That's <laughs> and, mine. Until the listeners, we did not discuss. No, we this did not at all. At we did all. not at all. There was no Niner bias that went into no. this decision. No, I mean, he has three rings now. Admittedly, two of those was as a backup to Montana, but then when he gets the stage under Seifert himself, and they kill the Chargers. I mean. Six touchdown passes in that game, and I can still remember the video of that game where when they knew the game was over, and he's running over and telling one of the offensive linemen, can you help me, can you help me? And the guy looks at him, what? Get this monkey off my back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it was true. It was definitely true. And again... You know, go ahead and do the comparison of the tools that Steve Young had during his prime. And these kids have followed in that in those footsteps. The other guy in some vein that I saw a little bit with Mahomes that I that I've seen, but I think he's more cerebral already, which is what's so scary about him in some ways, is Brett Favre. With mm-hmm. the ability to wear, yeah, well, all that other stuff that applies to normal quarterbacks doesn't apply to apply me to because me. I have this arm here. Right. 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 I, I'm Mario and I ate the mushroom. And so now it doesn't matter what all you little Koopa Troopers want to do to me. So, yeah. Uh, the last the last, the last, last take I want to get from you uh, would be who wins, what's the score, and how do they do it? Ooh, how do they do it? Okay. I did give some thought to that as well. Hope so. It's a Super Bowl show. Yeah. (laughs) I did. I think in this Super Bowl, one of the other things that everybody... I think this is going to be one of the Super Bowls where they're... Not so much for the fans of the two respective teams, but the fans of the game that want to see a good game, want to be entertained, excited. I think... That somewhere along the line, you will probably see more gadget plays attempted, given down in distance, success or failure. I also believe that special teams will play an important part of this game either way. Establishing field position, shortening the field, not having to go as far to score... I think when you sit down and look at the kicking game, it's kind of even. I would, well, I'm, and now this I will admit is a bias. 
I would probably in the kicking game give a slight edge to Robbie Gold. Well, I would too. I mean, if, honestly, if you got Patrick Mahomes in that offense, mm-hmm. you don't really invest too much in kickers. No, no. That's in general. I mean, yeah. if it comes to it, it comes to it. And I think though that that is those are the critical factors when they start talking about this game on Sunday night slash Monday morning. You're going to revert back to where the game swung on a particular uh, trick play or the guts to go for it at midfield on a third and seven or eight or fourth and seven or eight and going for it. And if they make it, it's going to keep the drive alive and they're going to get points out of that. Yeah. In contrast, it could flip on the failure of converting and setting up the other team again with a short field to go down and march the other way. And I think in a lot of games, you just accept the fact, no, it's too early, we're going to play field position, the punter's going to come out, try and get it inside the 20, and you put it on your defense. And I'm just saying that I think in this game, uh... You know, you're looking at it also like, you know, we're here. And the other thing that I think in watching all the highlights of all the previous Super Bowls, the other thing that that coaches tell their players, you know they're nervous, you know they're not at a... That same anxiety we're talking about goes through those guys. They're still human. Yeah. And I also think that they have to be reminded. You've been in the league X number of years. You had all these hopes and aspirations of making it, being on the right team at the right time, in the right moment. Now, all of a sudden, you're there. What you going to do? You know, is it fish or cut bait? What are you going to do? And I, that also preys on that anxiety factor and the pressure that builds. And one of the dangers with that is that when you're that wound up because of nerves, you get tired quicker. All of a sudden, your, you know, your stamina is also dependent in a large degree on how calm you make yourself in your approach to the game. Are you just going to get out there and throw caution to the wind because you just feel you're so amped up, I gotta make something happen. And then you make a mistake. Yeah, I think more so that that leads to maybe you don't get tired, but you don't play the right way. Mm-hmm. Your your mental stamina is what goes before your physical stamina. There's so much endorphins flying <laughs> and energy and just ultimate wiredness that you don't even realize how tired you are. But you then, at least from my perspective, you play, you try to do too much. Right. You can try to do too much and you get, you get mental burnout. Right. Right. The, your mental stamina may, may then decrease. But at the end of this game, as we are going into that Sunday night and that Monday morning, as you mentioned, what's that score? That score, at the end of the day... San Francisco 32, Kansas City 24. MVP is who? Hmm. I mean the Puppy Bowl MVP. No, I'm <laughs> The preview started today. Oh, gosh. For the Puppy Bowl. I kid you not. I believe it. Um, Mostert. 
Mostert. What's his stat line? Ish. Well, just in your head, just throw. Um, no one's gonna hold you to it. Hundred and twenty yards rushing. Three touchdowns. Okay. All right. All right. 32-24. San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Greg Robinson's take. Thanks for being on the show again, Dad. All right, son. Very much appreciated it. And I uh, cannot wait again for Sunday. But it, that's, um, in some regard, the Super Bowl, it's what we, like, you know, you hope your team gets there. You hope that you are wearing your team's jersey while they wear it on the TV and on the field. But it still is history being made before your eyes. And that's why I, I pride myself at having the memories of the old sucker. Because with you, our team has been once that you can remember in your lifetime. And like I say, got taken to the shed and abused. At least I have three other occasions where I can remember having victory. As a matter of fact, I'll share this with your audience. Super Bowl 15, Oakland won 27-10 over the Philadelphia Eagles. And that night, I proposed to his mom. Mm -hmm. You were dancing on the coffee table, (laughs) singing Celebrate Good Times. Yes, Yes. cool in the game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I remember. Remember the story, you know. Yeah. I was not around yet. So, no, you know. not for another four years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. That's that. I'll be back later with uh, my takes to wrap up the show. Happy Super Bowl! And also, what what's your drink of choice for the Super Bowl game? Ooh. Hmm. Are you saying hard drink or just- your drink? Well, you know what my drink is. They don't know? Oh, okay. Um, A a very, very good single malt scotch is my drink of choice since I was 19. (laughs) Okay. All right. Take a quick break. We'll be back for a little bit more. Thanks, Dad. All right. So, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be, man? I, As I sit here, I, I okay, I'm not going to lie. I, I decided my winner a couple days ago. I really was going back and forth on it, though. I really was. I was playing mental checkers in my head, just going back and forth. And then I watch film, and I'd be like, well, there's no way that the Niners secondary has the speed to stay with these speedy-ass receivers from Kansas City. It's just not going to happen. But then I thought, well, Mahomes isn't going to have the kind of time that he did against these other teams because while while uh, Mitchell Schwartz is really good, w- w- he can only block one of Nick Bosa or D Ford. 
He can only block one of them. And even with that said, Bosa and Ford will beat him at least once, multiple times. Most likely, he's not going to win every single down. Well, all right, then in that case, shoot. Oh, well, the Chiefs defense, man, they, they can't they can't hang with the Niners offense. Well, the Chiefs defense, while I do have them as the weakest link out of the four offensive and defensive groups, Niners offense, Niners defense, Chiefs offense, Chiefs defense, the Chiefs defense to me is the one that has the most holes. While I, di- while I do see them as that, they have rose to the occasion. We didn't think they'd be able to shut down Tennessee's running game. And more so, the offense took them out of that. So if the offense of Kansas City can help out that defense by just racking up points on that scoreboard, that might take the Niners out of their game. So I've really been going back and forth on how to, on, on who's going to win, but I, I did come to a conclusion. And don't just think that this is based on some type of bias because no matter what team you're rooting for this weekend, no matter if one of those teams is like, you're a fan base, not just, oh, I want this team to win, I want that team to win. But no, if you're a Niners fan, if you're a Chiefs fan, you could see how I could have a bias against either of you. Sure, Niners, Raiders, fan bases talk a lot of shit. Other sides of the Bay, battles of the Bay. You guys ain't legit, blah, 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 blah. The, the rivalry isn't really even one because we all see the discrepancy between the two squads. I'm going to just be honest. I'm going to just be honest, and it's been that way for a while and looks like it will be unless we can turn some things around once we hit Vegas. But despite having much shit talking and having to endure all that from that fan base, if they do win, I'll be glad to see Kyle Shanahan get a ring. I'll be glad to see George Kittle's the best tight end in the NFL, and he's got a pretty cool personality, respectful dude. Kyle Juszczyk, he's cool. I like him. Joe Staley, Sherm. John Lynch is a GM. He's an unconventional GM at that, and that's something that I think will be very, very good for the sport of football going forward is if we can see these GMs that didn't come from necessarily the Fortune 500 or the big, huge corporate mogul head like a lot of these other guys have been. If we can see these guys get in early, have some early trouble, and then go on and win Super Bowls, that's really big for who can become a GM one day. That's that's huge. But then on the other side of the ball, if the Chiefs win, of course, division rivals, no one wearing silver and black wants to see Kansas City get a Super Bowl win. No, absolutely not. You don't want to have to see all that be it posted up there and then do the whole ring ceremony in air. You don't want to see you don't want to see that. But from a football purist perspective, and being that I think Patrick Mahomes, when he hangs it up, has a very, very good chance of being the best ever when he is all said and done. Just from a fear po- football purist perspective and being able to see that and witness it, that I think is really dope. Andy Reid is also well-deserving of a, winning a Super Bowl. I've said long before that he should outsource his game management elsewhere, and I, I just hope it doesn't come down to Andy Reid needing to make some type of decision that's going to impact the clock and impact his game management. I would just prefer that this guy be down 10 rather than like, down 12 rather than like up four in like the fourth quarter where he's just got to go for it no matter what and it's already carved out and they can just go be themselves and then you know hit the NOS button that's what I really hope for because then we'll we'll see these teams in their best form but who's gonna win man I thought about this over many modern times IPAs shout out to modern times y'all hooking up the best beer in the city even though you originate in California, but hey, I love the location up here, and I'm, um, I frequently uh, 
check that place out. And we'll be getting a couple of four packs to take over to the games. I have to have with some of my friends. But ultimately, I think the San Francisco 49ers win the game. I think the Niners win. The best defense is the Niners. And it's it's been said about how how many times we've went to the Super Bowl where the team that has the more dominant defense throughout the course of the season goes on to win the game. And it's not just that in this game that's that's led me to that decision. It's really not. Kyle Shanahan's offense is just too multiple. It's just too multiple. All the different play, pieces that they have, all the different players that they have in their running game, the way that if you prepare to stop the trap, you prepare to stop the jet sweep, you prepare to stop so many different things, and yet and still that's Kyle is expecting you to do that, and Kyle will be able to capitalize off of your preparation and expectation. Kyle is an utter genius at understanding defense's responsibilities. Leading up to these games and throughout the playoffs, Kyle, of course, does his research for football, but that guy spends the most time understanding how his opponent's defense is coached, how they are coached, the rules and the tenets of his opponent's defense. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's paying attention to. He's dissecting, okay, if I run a heavy set left, and the safety shifts down into the box. His responsibility is then outside contain on a run, but his responsibility is also the deep third if there's no wide receiver out there on the numbers. Basically, he's he realizes that and then toys with that defender's responsibilities in a number of ways. In a number of ways. He does that in so many different phases. He understands that players have this responsibility if he if he zigs and they have that responsibility if he zags so he's going to fake the zig to set up a quick zag to gash you and that's just utter genius being displayed when he is out there throwing out play calls and all the pre-snap motions and everything you're going to see on sunday it's incredible for a football nerd myself i i knew i wig out on this stuff bro i really do it's it's next level stuff keeping defenders in conflict like he does it's it's just going to be really fun to watch that play out Andy Reid, on the other hand, his schemes are more so dependent on the structure of his passing concepts. The structure of his passing concepts. And if he takes this speed demon over here in Miko Hardman and has him run a slice route at this angle while also putting the cheetah, Tyree Kill, on the deep slot in a trip set while putting out Tyree, or not Tyreek, but putting out Travis Kelsey split out wide, a lot of those players are mismatched pieces no matter where you put them. But Andy Reid then puts them into these crazy passing formations and concepts and alignments that just make them hard to defend no matter what you're doing. Yeah, of course Andy knows and has an idea and expectations for what Salah is going to do defensively, but his is more so built on the trust of his passing concepts, whereas Kyle's is built understanding what you do and then picking at it and then using what you do along with your expectations to destroy you. And that is going to be the decider in this game. That is ultimately going to be what is going to make the Niners victorious when it comes down to the end of the fourth quarter. And I just, I, I see a way where the Chiefs win, for sure I do. But if the Niners get down, they're built to throw. We have been, we have really been, you know, we've really been too hard on Jimmy as a passer in the sense of he can't pass if they need to pass. Because simply we've not seen him do it in the playoffs. Have we seen him do it in the Super Bowl? Well, yeah, no. And I think we have seen him do it enough throughout the regular season to where that if they have to do it, 
with Kyle's schemes, with the players that they do have. George Kittle, I mean, he could throw a slide route to George Kittle and he could take off 30 yards downfield carrying people. We saw that happen. Granted, that's still part of the passing game that can be a factor to allow them to win if they do get down and taken out of their element. Yes, I'm not saying Kyle doesn't want to run the ball, but if he's got to throw, they will, and that's okay. They're all right. So, yeah, man, I got I got the Niners winning. I got the Niners holding up the Lombardi at the end of the game. Final score for me. Oh, man, what's the score? I didn't think of a number. We'll throw, I'll throw out a number. I'm going to say San Francisco... 30, I'm going to say San Francisco 31, Kansas City 28. Nah, give me 28-35. Give me 28-35, yeah. 28-35, San Francisco. MVP of the game. I'm going to be MVP, George Kittle. MVP of the game, George Kittle. He probably won't get it because he'll be the real MVP because you're the real MVP, George. <laughs> he'll be the real MVP because his blocking, if he's not catching touchdowns if he's not running people over his blocking will be pivotal 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 his blocking will be pivotal to whoever else has success in whatever they do yeah 35 28 san francisco santa clara however you want to do it that's right niner fans you heard me y'all went in the super bowl from my angle but we gotta wait till sunday to see if it's gonna be official if it's gonna be legit (laughs) i'll be back later on today tomorrow uh, we're going to be have a big panel uh, for the Cover Zero podcast. Uh, no, sports bars will have their recap uh, Sunday night following the game. And uh, look forward also to the Cover Zero Super Bowl special. Going to go real, real, real deep with those guys uh, coming up later on in the weekend. Y'all be safe. Y'all be well. Ryan Farley going to be at the spot for the Super Bowl party. It's about to be dope. All right. Catch y'all later.